Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At this time of great stress, on our public health care system, when hundreds of thousands of surgeries across Canada have been postponed or cancelled, when diagnostic services and then treatment is under severe stress with cancer patients facing cancellation of chemotherapy treatments because of stress on the health care system, is it unfair and a violation of human rights to demand a patient in need of expensive and life-saving surgeries including organ transplantation, should be mandated to stop the behaviors which contributed to that patient's critically ill health. And for the purposes of this program, we're saying smoking and drinking, alcohol consumption. If you're told it's going to kill you if you don't stop and you don't stop, should you be placed lower on the queue for surgery and transplantation? Dr. Arthur Kaplan is the MIDI professor and founding head of the Division of Medical Ethics at NYU, New York University's Grossman School of Medicine. He's the author of many books. And Dr. Kaplan, you know which one is my favorite, smart mice, <laughs> not so smart people. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. What's the, uh, what's your view of this, of this question? Well, basically what we're asking, what you're asking, Roy, is should sin, bad behavior, be counted against access to important life-saving surgeries and services. Um, one problem, as we begin to think about this, we're going to look at alcoholism, smoking, is that uh, there are a lot of different forms of bad behavior out there. Don't wear a seatbelt, don't practice safe sex, wind up uh, not controlling your diabetes, don't control your hygiene. So even people who go skiing, you know what they build at the bottom of the ski slopes? Orthopedic clinics. There's a lot of broken bones when you take those risks of doing downhill skiing and so on. You look at the profile and you think, well, we got to be fair if we're going to count bad behavior against everybody and not just pick on the smokers or not just pick on the drinkers. I'm not against bringing personal behavior into account, but I want to do it uniformly. I just don't want to single out a habit that I don't particularly have that someone else has, but I don't worry about my own bad habit. Yeah, I understand that. And the reason that I've chosen to speak about cigarettes or smoking and, and drinking is that it's, 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 it's simple to just take two uh, behaviors that have been addressed by various medical organizations, as you know, um, and there have been exclusions or the people have been put on oh, yeah. uh, lower on the queue. Uh, you know, you want a liver transplant near a drinker? Uh, you have to stop drinking for six months before we'd even consider you. Some transplantation centers have had that in place. They don't any longer necessarily, but it's been there. Oh, As yeah. I, I mentioned, I talked, to a, yeah. I talked to a heart surgeon who had a 90-day period. You had to stop smoking for 90 days if you wanted a heart transplant or you wanted a very invasive surgery, difficult surgery. And even at my own school, NYU, if you want to get a hip or a knee replacement, you cannot be obese. 
you have to lose weight or they're not going to do it because the outcomes are significantly worse. It's not a scarcity problem. It's just it impacts your outcome. Mm -hmm. So let's start with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do believe if your behavior is causing the treatment not to work or not work very well, then yes, it is ethical to take it into account. So when we have that data, and we do, if you're an active drinker and you get a liver transplant, it really damages the new liver, that's a problem. If you need a bypass surgery, if you have heart problems and you're still smoking, it'll impact the ability to fix you if you don't stop those things. And as I said, enormous amounts of weight are going to cause the uh, artificial hip or the artificial knee to fail. So I get that. That's basically taking it into account as uh, something that's going to compromise the care. But what if we're just saying, you know, he smokes uh, a pack a week and it's not clear that that's going to give him or her heart disease again, but nonetheless, it's a bad habit, so we'll give you lower priority. That makes me pause. There, I think you're just punishing sort of sin as opposed to taking into account something that might impact the outcome. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. The, the point that I made was if your doctors tell you this behavior of yours is taking you to the edge and may cost you your life, so you mm -hmm. have to stop, and you ignore that advice, and then you want to be on the same level of... Uh, the transplantation or the surgery, as the person who actually listened to the advice or never began the behavior in the first place, <sighs> or how do you well, decide? Well, let, let me give you a tough one. Okay. Some of the hardest cases I run into in transplant are teenagers. And you know what teenagers do? They don't take their medicine because mm -hmm. they don't comply. Mm -hmm. And the organs fail at a much higher rate. Teenagers don't follow orders very well about anything. So if, strictly speaking, I say to a 16-year-old, you're going to have to have this transplant, and you better be willing to stick with the regimen, or if I see, you know, non-compliant behavior, you're dropping down the list. A lot of people get nervous about that because they say, well, that's just part of being an adolescent. You shouldn't punish that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to be the hard-hearted person here. I'm not, taking, I'm not necessarily taking sides. I'm asking the question. I do have an opinion, but I haven't expressed that yet. But so, so, what do you, so, so can you give we, me in 20 uh, seconds, what do you do? We never penalize teenagers. We know they right. are pain in the neck, but it doesn't happen anywhere in the U.S. or Canada that someone says, oh, right. well, you know, they're 15 or they're 16. They're going to be very difficult to manage. Drop them down the list. We say in that case... Everybody goes through that. It's not even necessarily voluntary, yeah. so to speak. It's just the crazy world of puberty. On the other hand, as you've pointed out, I've seen situations where someone's using IV drugs and they keep getting heart infections. Their valves get infected because they put bacteria in from reusing needles. And at some point, even at our NYU hospitals, which are, you know, uh, we're not there for pay. We take all comers. But the doctor says you don't get into a uh, drug program, I'm not doing this operation again. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.